everyone listening. I'm here with Hannah Ford and we're going to talk today for about 10 minutes about the war for talent. The number of job vacancies in the UK at the back end of last year showed record highs. Many UK employers are still facing an unprecedented shortage of workers. Recruitment and retention is more challenging than ever before in many sectors. There really is a war for talent. So, Hannah, can you give us some context about why this is happening in the UK? Yes, in the UK, the situation is exacerbated by the twin themes of Brexit and COVID. As a consequence of Brexit, we have tightened immigration rules, meaning it's harder to source workers and no industry or sector has been immune from that, really. COVID has, of course, prompted the great resignation, and that's employees reprioritising their lives. Plus, they feel able to uh, work from home um, or different locations, um, which has shifted the balance in the job market and disrupted traditional recruitment strategies. I agree. We've definitely been getting reports of less teamliness post-home working and furlough and more fluidity in the job market. Um, so what tools do employers use for improving recruitment and retention? There's the most obvious place to start is the basic terms and conditions of employment. Um, so pay, benefits, contractual items such as bonuses and commission, also notice periods. We're actually seeing clients no longer being able to rely on just performance related bonuses but um, the sign-on bonus has become almost a standard item for senior employees. On basic uh, salary and benefits, I know some clients have been recently doing benchmarking exercises. Yes, I think that's a really logical starting point, an audit of what you offer as an employer, um, your salary, your benefits, um, where are your gaps, um, and adding or removing benefits as a result. So, for example, rejigging pay and bonus models, removing outdated benefits, for example, a car allowance when nobody drives to work anymore, and really um, challenging yourself as an employer to see if, you're, if what you're, your whole compensation package is, is fit for purpose. Yeah, that's such a good idea, isn't it? Something for the new year, perhaps. On top of the standard things, we're also seeing things like long-term incentive plans, of course, and share option schemes. Uh, the gold standard of the share option scheme is the EMI scheme. And if you can meet the conditions for such a scheme, it's a really brilliant incentive for employees, which is both tax efficient for the um, employee and the employer. It's obviously worth taking specialist advice, though, if you're going to introduce such a scheme. Um, also, flexibility um, is such a critical thing nowadays, isn't it? For example, offering home working, although obviously we are home working at the moment under government guidance, but offering that as a long term option, part time working, flexi hours, hybrid working. I think in particular, we're seeing clients with employees who are working parents or people who have caring responsibilities or people with disabilities or people heading for retirement who are actually prioritising their flexibility in their working rather than their pay. Um, and I think certainly we've been experiencing more flexibility because of um, the pandemic, haven't we? And I think more people are um, keen to work flexibly. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and working from home is no longer a differentiator for many businesses. It's something that's expected by the talent pool. 
Um, and so the question is how you can bake it into your long term strategy for attracting and retaining talent. So what can you offer um, far beyond when we're out of the latest guidance on work from home where you possibly can? And how can you harness it to, to as, as a real tool for, for attraction, attracting talent? I think that's right. Um, so moving on from the sort of harder pay and benefits, what about the softer side? Yeah, I think it's really important there to identify what your differentiators are as an employer and as a business. Um, that can often be your culture and your brand. What are your core values as a business and how do they differ from your competitors? Um, the talent pool expect you to deliver on a strategic agenda, including DNI. DNI has never been more important in winning the war for talent. How diverse and inclusive are you really as a business? And more importantly, does it go beyond just having a policy? How do you demonstrate it in practice? It's really important for the talent pool to see inclusivity in action, um, in behaviours, and, and also in, in, in diversity and in showing that you have a diverse workforce which has um, you know, access to equal ascension through, um, through the ranks. That, that's really, really important. You'll be put to proof on it um, in, in interviews. I think on the softer side, well-being is again a really important um, point. So this is um, how how can you show that people are looked after and that they that they're cared for as employees. Um, that can um, look like an annual physical and mental health check. It can look like a policy where you 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 don't um, contact employees outside of core cool hours, peak hours, except in exceptional circumstances, which can be really important where people are working from home and struggling to establish boundaries. Um, or it can look like just a pulse check, just checking in with an employee to see how they are. Um, I think training really has its place here too. Um, you know, kind of. Um, menopause training, resilience training, um, teaching people um, healthy habits which um, transcend their kind of the office and their working lives. That that's um, really really important in winning the war for talent. Yeah, I I, I certainly think that's true. Um, we've seen a lot of employers jumping on the bandwagon almost with a menopause training, but we had some internally, and I really do think it that sort of thing does have an impact on employees being feeling included and well cared for it's a bit obvious but also what about the social side of things yeah that's really important particularly where you have a, um, a dispersed workforce and people aren't in a physical place together for a kind of six o'clock um, trip out to the pub or, or aren't seeing each other in the kind of canteen for, for those anecdotal moments which make them feel part of something and more cohesive so um, when we were not working from home that did look like nights out didn't it or lunches out or, or um, lunchtime activities such as sporting activities jogs and wellness walks choir or, or teams and I think businesses should really um, think about how that translates now where you have people um, working from home more um, will need to pivot and we'll need to think about how you create a more a sense of cohesion purpose and a, and a, and a social side to to working. So let's have a think now about businesses who have been innovative in their use of recruitment and retention tools. I did a quick straw poll amongst our employment team um, and they came up with clients who were giving sabbaticals to younger employees every other Friday off and an early Friday finish, perhaps your birthday off or my personal favourite, bring your dog to work. 
Yes, yeah, they're all really good examples. I think, yeah, the other point is that many employees are really attracted to work for a business which is socially and environmentally responsible. And employers who can harness that and create a workplace which chimes with their value system have a real advantage. So that could look like, for example, rewarding um, environmentally conscious behaviours, rewarding um, through a you know, day's holiday if you have a, a, a environmentally responsible commute, or um, bee-friendly planters around the office or outside, and um, and alternatively, um, solar panels, rewilding. There's some really great examples in the ESG space and also links to community as well, which are, again can remind employees that they are connected to a business in a particular location. So, um, for example, that could, could look like speaking at a local school's career fair or, or, or something which, which shows them that they're, they're linked to a, a local community. A local litter pick, for example. Yes, yeah, that's a great idea. I think that was one of yours, wasn't it, Francis? (laughs) It was, yeah. What about workforce engagement? Um, We know that many employers have been going beyond the statutory duties to consult staff and engaging staff in a more sort of deep and meaningful way. Yes, that's really important, isn't it? Just making sure that the workforce feels connected to to the employer when you don't have a physical place where you're all together. And that can take the form of, of pulse checking um, in, in quite a, a, a soft way, just, you know, once a week to check that, that the employee is, um, see how they feel in connection with how the week has gone. Or it can be more structured and take the form of, for example, workplace surveys, which are regularly delivered to ensure that the employees feel seen and heard and have a voice in relation to the, the strategic agenda of the business. I, I personally think that the that on the survey side, the key to a good survey is a short and pithy one which um, is just a a few limited questions which just um, takes the pulse of the business as to how they feel but um, I've seen a a number of really interesting um, models there. Super thanks Um, so final final point on this podcast Um, do you see this as a long-term issue what can we expect to see in the future on this? I do think it's a long-term issue, particularly with the downsizing of offices and homeworking becoming more, more permanent. It's, it's here to stay for many employees. So um, employers are now looking at facing real cost increases to retaining and securing talent. There are no plans to uh, relax the immigration rules, which means that we can get a flow of, of non-UK workers in quickly. So the employees who are able to invest wisely and to, to, to articulate and deliver on a real strategy for attracting and retaining talent will will thrive thanks hannah that's all we've got time for today please look out for our next podcast in february which i think is going to be on bonuses and remuneration 